Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Dublin Tech Talks. Uh, this is a bit of a, a different take on it. We're now in person um, in our offices here in Marcel Meyer. Uh, we have Pierce Dargan from Equine MediRecord with us today. Hi, Pierce. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> so we're, we're going to talk through um, everything with your business, have a general conversation that we usually do on the podcasts, uh, and we'll try and keep it in person. So we'll, we'll, we'll try and keep it entertained. So, Pierce, great to have you here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so uh, tell us a bit about the business, how it came about, your kind of journey and your story from kind of early days. Yeah, so uh, gosh, I can't believe it's already been six years. So we started back in uh, 2016, uh, was when the company was founded. Um, I was just coming back, finishing a master's in Trinity um, and was looking at kind of entrepreneurship and an entrepreneurship module. Uh, and there was a competition called the Alltech Innovation Competition. I don't know if it's still going for universities. And you have to look at um, a specific idea, mm -hmm. but around agriculture. Uh, and obviously my family, having a farm in Kildare with horses, uh, <laughs> that's where my, my mind went to. Um, you know, we, we got the idea for our system and then really kind of went through the whole process then of Launchbox and New Frontiers and EI and launched in the middle of 2018. So fundamentally, the business is a CRM for passports for horses or equine yeah. animals. Exactly. Well, it's essentially what the way I say it's everything. It's a platform for everything to do around animal welfare and anti-doping compliance for horses. So yeah. there, that really, it depends on the country. There are loads of different rules and they, they vary from country to country, from equine sport to equine sport. And then when you get into the big countries like the United States, states from state to state mm. um so it's really quite complex and this was the problem i saw so ireland back in 2016 introduced uh legislation and regulation record um it was quite complicated so uh and it was all paper-based so yeah. and so i went back to to, to college i was doing a master's I've been trainer uh and he called me go hey can you record this in the i'm in dublin <laughs> you're gonna do this yourself and i just was thinking this is not yeah this is the have people helping because you know he'd be out training the horses he'd be out looking after the horses Keep going. It's still recording. Is it all good? We can edit that. Let's kick off. Yeah. Where did I get that? So, so um, the, the the train is recording. Expected oh yeah. so, to record it. Yeah, like, manually. Exactly. So they're expected to record it manually. Come back inside after looking after the horses. Um, and I just thought that there's got to be a better way to do all this stuff. And especially now that we're seeing more and more regulations around welfare, more and more stuff that uh, you know you're expected to keep. Um, and just couldn't do it on a paper system. So that's really how the idea came about. And then. Day one, sat down and went, okay, how, how, how do I digitalize this? Oh, yeah. And when did you kind of, what, like, conceptually, how does that start in your mind? Because you're, what age? You would have been about 23, 4, 23, 24. Starting yeah. it, so. Just out of college. Yeah. No real job yet, really. Um, and so uh, I knew I don't have a tech background. I yeah. did management uh, in, in Trinity in my master's. So, and I had the equine kind of yeah. industry experience. But I needed some tech, so it was actually weirdly. I was going into college, and I was on a Lewis, and I bumped into an old friend from school, 
uh, Simon Henry, one of our co-founders, yeah. and I kind of told him, like, look, I'm looking at this. I've got my first initial funding uh, from New Frontiers. Um, what do you think? I'd love you to sit in. And he was like, actually, it just so happens I've just finished <laughs> doing a project for the Irish government, digitizing paper processes. I actually know a lot about this. Well, Very happy okay. to sit in. And then it was just that chance meeting yeah, going well. to college. And uh, and that was kind of massive help because you know, we couldn't have done it. Yeah, because I, I always find it funny that a lot of startups are, are obviously non-tech people and they developing tech startups. There's mm -hmm. um, a couple of people I've spoken to over time and they just know tech background, but they have the idea and the ideation in their brain and, and they bring it forward. And you know, it's very hard to put up a sign to say, co-founder wanted who's a technologist you know exactly but the great thing is um you know there are also firms who can help you so mm -hmm. there's around the wireframe obviously which is kind of your first prototypes yeah you know they obviously it's just a front end you can't actually do anything with the system but to go do that there are a lot of firms who can kind of help you at least get that idea yeah. or even uh, i started doing front -end. I, I went on youtube and looked up <laughs> how, to, how to make front end prototypes and so like that doesn't cost a lot of money to just yeah. get your idea in front of your customers so don't go off and actually build the thing and spend yeah. a lot of money get those kind of front-end prototypes show it and go well look this is kind of what it would look mm. like what do you think um i think yeah i think that's one of the big mistakes when you when i talk to people and over time it's they build a product that they want to build and then when they go to market they realize that that's not what wants to be bought and they have to like scrap it rebuild it and then they're six 12 months further away from they want to be exactly or even that uh you know we had a really good talk uh i think it was when we were doing the pre-accelerator with in the ndrc um and they had someone come in and it was around a gaming platform around analytics mm. and they went to all the big gaming companies they said look this is what we're going to build would you be interested they all came back yes we'd be interested yes we'd be willing to pay this so he raised millions built the platform came back in 18 months and went look i have it now will you pay for it not a single one of them came and paid for it. <laughs> so it's a very big difference going and saying, will you pay for this? Yeah. Versus I have it now. Yeah. Please may you give me some money yeah. and take the platform. And we saw that as well. So we had a number of kind of beta customers, you know, trying the system and everything mm -hmm. else. And we did. We had churn straight away because when as soon as it's fine to test something, when you actually go, okay, we pay for this now. Yeah. A lot of people go, oh, actually, uh, yeah, it's like consulting. Yeah. <laughs> you never get free consulting uh, away. Exactly. So, but um, that's just part of the gig. And, and when when did you feel you had a product that people would buy? Because you know you you had your baby, you have a really strong background in in it. You probably have great contacts in there. But when it's it's a lot, as you said, very difficult for people to say that's really pretty, that's really nice, that's mm -hmm. going to be great. But now it's going to cost you X a month or a year. Uh, to be honest, it's a tough one. I, I don't know if you ever know if you are going to have a, it really comes down to that conversation of I've sent an invoice. <laughs> Is anyone going to pay the invoice? <laughs> and as soon as that's kind of when we knew we had something was as soon as we got that first client, mm -hmm. actual paying customer, you know, that's when it was, okay, this is actually now a, a, a real opportunity here because we've proven that this is, there's definite need. People are willing to pay for it. Um, and that's when, you know, one of our co-founders, uh, my brother, Finley Dargan, he was working for KPMG at the time. As soon as we got our first paying customer, he quit his job and came. He's like, yeah, 
here we go. This is going to be. So he wasn't in for the first. No, he's the CFO. So he <laughs> risk assessment. You want someone who's doing the risk assessment on the personal level as well. So he's a very good fit. But no, he kind of waited and was watching and seeing because we've been saying it. Yeah. And he knew as well. He kind of, as everyone had told us, it's a very different thing having an idea. And that's kind of the honeymoon stage when mm. you have that first idea. Everyone's saying how great you are and your idea is amazing and how no one thought about this. And then as soon as you ask people to pay, yeah, you know whether you have something. And the relationship changes as well. Exactly. Because yeah. now you have someone, whereas you know, they, they're helping you out a little bit. Yeah. They, as soon as they you you ask them to pay, as soon as you take them, they're now a customer and they will call you. Or yeah. if there's any problem, anything. That's why I hate recruiting. Just anybody, when they get friends, they request someone's like, oh no. Oh, I know. But it's, but look, it's it's an amazing buzz. Um, Mm. uh, And then it's kind of then moving on to the next stages from there. And, you know, you've done your beta. What's the next thing? Because you've got to get enough initial functionality, you know, to to get someone willing to pay for it. But then, you know, okay, what's the next stage to actually start to make this something that you use every single day? So yeah, bro. And um, you mentioned two things actually. I'm going to come back to how to build. I'll come back to that. And um, your incubation and your the NDRC and all those kind of environments. Mm. Good, bad, and different. Um, is it something that you'd recommend people to get through? Is there other options that people mightn't actually see? You know, is it the golden nugget that everybody thinks you need to get to a incubator? Or you need to get to somewhere. Or, or, or what's your thought on that? I think it really depends on the person, the startup, who the team that's involved. Mm. I was just out of college. I had and still have a lot to learn. So I needed them. Like I look back now and look, I came out of college, master's in business. Oh, I know everything about business. And once you actually go into the world, mm. it couldn't be further from the case from what you've learned versus what you're actually doing. So for us, uh, and the Simon had had, but he had just recently graduated. Yeah. He had his first kind of uh, job freelance. But, um, you know, we needed that kind of guy. None of us had started a business. Before. Yeah. None of us had thought around, you know, registering the business or the legal side, mm. you know, the admin side, sales and marketing, all this stuff. We really needed quite a lot of help. Hence why, you know, we did quite a few incubators. As I said, you know, uh, we did New Frontiers Phase 1 in the, in the media queue. Uh, in IATT, which was yeah. great, um, into Trinity College with Launchbox, which was uh, phenomenal, kind of being paid during the summer to work on the idea, and then straight into New Frontiers Phase 2, and then after that, kind of priming grants and working with the local mm-hmm. enterprise office. So for us, it was really important, because I had never yeah. started a business. So uh, I think it really depends. And then there are certain ones as well where it can be a little bit hit and miss uh, in terms of because if you do multiple ones, sometimes they may go over the same material again and you're going just heard a lot of this material having done one of these other programs um but i also think it's more important as well meeting the other people starting businesses because a lot of the time it doesn't really matter yeah what sector you're in if you're that early stage you're going to have the same problems you're going to have the same things or what accountants are you using you know what lawyers are you using and you'll be able to find out um where there's a there's a lot in the business people don't know like uh you're like your, your accounts even audited accounts you know legal contracts you know everything in the middle that people forget about like that 
and it's expensive. Like I know ourselves, like it can be very expensive mm-hmm. if you get caught in something or you want to, like your first contract that you want to get out mm-hmm. has to be written by a, a, a firm. Mm-hmm. they're probably just pressing control pace but for you it's it's new so there's lots of those expenses in there so if there was a, a an ecosystem there it's really important for people to know massively important because then you find out the companies who are willing mm. to kind of give a discounted price because they're going okay we may not make money on this company to begin with but if it grows yeah. we're willing to put in that initial investment at least kind of break even on ourselves thinking that this yeah. company may go on but um yeah i i just think in terms of and there there are people who we went through those cohorts with and I still talk to them today yeah. and I still um, you know kind of see what their initial thoughts were and how they went on uh, unfortunately a lot of those businesses are no longer around it's just that's the but, way but it's it a good ecosystem it's good alumni to have oh. um like you know I'm guessing your school there's a lot of people that even Simon that you met was next school mm-hmm. like it is really important to have that kind of connections not just on LinkedIn connections but actual connections that you can call on a draw. I'm guessing there's a few people that you still can draw on from those incubators. Oh yeah, hugely. Um, and especially I'd be very uh, kind of proactive in terms of re-engaging. Like I try and go back into launch box. Mm. Uh, I've done it every year bar even during COVID, I think it was via Zoom. Uh, every time I get asked to go in and speak, yeah. I'm always happy to, not only because you know I got so much from talking to other founders who had come before and kind of raising those things that you said a lot of people don't think about at the beginning because it's not the nice marketing (laughs) sales where's the money coming from it it's all the back end that you have to do um but also to kind of engage with those newer businesses and kind of look and see what's coming on see you know what's going to be interesting especially in our sector and i love also supporting where i'm in agriculture Mm. it's a very conservative industry and so the amount of people who actually will beta test something is very, very small. So sharing that and going, look, these are the, yeah. the horse owners, or these are the horse trainers, or these are the kind of uh, equestrian athletes who will be willing mm. versus these ones will not yeah. test anything until it's 100% verified, working, good, yeah. endorsed. And that's, as you know, in any market, early adopters, you know, and then everyone yeah. lags until you get your, 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 your traction. And you have competitors is there is this a is this a unique product or is there something similar or is it just what you've built has been i don't see any direct competitors um you know we're in a relatively small yeah. market it's a niche market um we've kind of put our name out there as yeah. kind of the go-to for kind of equine uh software when it comes to compliance yeah um so we don't have really any direct competitors um there are some complementary products hmm. um but not not really we're kind of in a nice position where because we're in that niche and because you know we expanded internationally quite quickly um and now we're part of the largest um you know equine veterinary software group in the world you know with the investment we raised with business infusions we're kind of set i feel as as that kind of we're the ones uh kind of doing that and if someone wants to come in it's going to be relatively difficult just because of the size of the market but um you're rubbing all my questions here. And so sides off the market, mm. Ireland is a big player internationally in, in say, in, in equine, but it's a small country. Mm. So was it focused, get your product right in Ireland and then focus internationally? Or what way did you kind of go to market on that? Exactly. So the great thing was we weren't doing, you know, some industry that internationally Ireland wasn't Iron, you know, so if you had done, you know, certain 
I don't know, uh, uh, big fintech, even though yeah. yeah. Ireland isn't as strong. Um, people go, well, why are we buying from the, you know, the Ireland from America or China or wherever. Whereas on the equine side, we are global leader. Yeah. Top, uh, most winningest uh, group one thoroughbred trainer yeah. is Aidan O'Brien yeah. from Ireland large thoroughbred breeding operation in Coolmore in Ireland. Yes. So when we started to approach international Clients, and then we started and expanded. We knew we knew we had to expand quickly. So and feet in the ground, you got out shaking hands, oh, talking to everybody and calling. anybody. Oh, calling. So literally, we we had a list of numbers, and I remember just we blast an email, and then I follow up with a phone call. Oh, and it, nine times out of ten, it was not interested. Hang up. Yeah. Who's this? No, thank you. Hang up. Which I understand. Like farmers are some of the busiest people in the world. Yeah. They do not have time and they get inundated with stuff, especially uh, on the horse side, which they just don't need. Mm. And so we were kind of classified as the, oh gosh, here's another thing that we're trying to get solved. Um, so they didn't even want to talk. Yeah. But like, we were very fortunate. One out of 20 would give me an opportunity mm. and, chat, and then we started to get those initial numbers. And as soon as we got kind of the, what I like to call the thought leaders mm. in, in the industry. Like we have Willie Mullins now, you know, champion Irish trainer who's publicly endorsed us, one of our ambassadors, you know, Nicky Henderson in the UK, yeah. Ben Spanshaw. And once we started building up those names, we actually started to see it's a very small industry. So if something works, they'll all come back. Yeah, all talk. Yeah. And so a lot of it's impact, you know, now. Brilliant. And um, speaking with entrepreneurs, like international business is different. Mm. And, and hard mm. and what a lot of people in Ireland they seem to just focus on Ireland and forget that it's only a, a pebble in, the, in how did you find dealing internationally was there a you know is it enjoyable is it hard you know what what was the kind of point where you went actually shit I, I, I'm, a, I'm a CEO of a, of a business now and it's working and you know what when was that kind of point of shit we have a business here and it's going really well um and then I, sorry and then the funding part and behind that when did you realize that you had to partner with somebody to make it yeah. super super grow yeah so i i enjoyed the travel side you know um, uh, my family moved around as when i was a child my father left ireland in 1970 mm. so i actually grew up outside of ireland for 12 years before coming back for school so um i really enjoyed that side mm. getting to fly around see new cultures meet new people um, it really depends what country you're dealing with, whether it's different or not. Like going and selling in the US, it's not actually that much of a difference, and especially because they love Irish people over mm. there. So you've got such a warm welcome, and uh, Enterprise Ireland have such a strong office over there. That was fine. Europe, kind of more similar, in, you know, very fortunate. Um, you know, my brother speaks fluent French, so when we're dealing with the French, we yeah. do the meetings in French. Um, and then when you look further kind of east to the Middle East and Asia, 
that's where you know you you do have to learn a lot. Yeah, you know, we we we've had discussions uh, in Japan. Uh, we've had discussions. Obviously, we secured a contract uh, uh, with Saudi Arabia. You know, there's just a lot of etiquette things mm. you, you need to learn. Um, things you should do, things you 100% shouldn't do. Um, and that is kind of a learning curve of going, okay, I've got to be, you know, respectful of the people I'm meeting. Yeah. What is the cultural norm in these countries I'm going to? And just being aware of that and just making sure, okay, I'm going to Japan, I'm going yeah. to the Middle East. What is the expectation here when I first meet them? Is it a shake of a hand? Is it, you know, bowing your head? Mm. Who do I shake hands with first? You know, how should I sit? Yeah. And, and these are really important things that people overlook because it sounds silly, yeah. right? It's like, wait a sec, how I sit is going to be important? But in certain countries, yeah. yes. In certain countries, you know, crossing legs, sign of disrespect. So mm -hmm. you just got to be really aware of the culture that you're going into. Um, but I, I love that. I love yeah. kind of going in and I've been very fortunate to travel the world and kind of see these different places and meet yeah. amazing people and go to horse like it's not really yeah. a job you're yeah. not doing it so yeah. it's uh, and yeah. um, when, when did you realize that either did, did the funding come to you did you go to the funding and when did you realize actually this is the amount we can do this is our peak point without actually raising raising and um, when, when was that kind of uh like not aha moment, moment like mm -hmm. me when was that or did somebody Tap you on the shoulder. Um, so when COVID hit, mm. we really, we have to survive. So, you know, equine sport was shut down yeah. for a number of months. The Olympic Games was pushed back. Obviously, equine no travel, though. no travel. It was just chaos. And so we had to, you know, we had to lay off. Most yeah. of our team had to go either part-time or be laid off, including my business partner, <laughs> my own brother. So like that was a really difficult yeah. time. Um, and we kind of realized well, coming out of COVID, we'd survived and we'd done it. But to then re, yeah. you know, kind of grow organically, then it would take a long time. So we kind of knew, okay, to make sure that we kind of bounce back from COVID and continue our international growth, we need some yeah. funding in here. Um, as I said, Equine's a niche market. Yeah. So trying to get VC funding into a niche market is tough. It is really yeah. tough. Um, and so from our perspective, it was very much a, okay, um, angel, do we go angel uh, and raise with a yeah. number of big angels from the industry? Because obviously there are some wealthy yeah. individuals in the horse space, or do we look at, you know, some of the companies who are the global leaders right yeah. now? And we were very fortunate. We were already partnered with uh, Business Infusions, who are the largest uh, equine veterinary software group in the world. Um, we were supposed to do a project with them and then COVID <laughs> came in and blew that up so um but we've been talking about it engaging with them uh and they sold to a private equity fund called merit holdings mm. uh at the end of 2021 and so i was speaking with scott pickard who's the ceo and he said look you know we've sold yeah would you be interested in you know uh, having a discussion with our new owner uh looking at potentially getting an investment and becoming part of the group yeah and i said i'm a businessman sure <laughs> let's have a discussion um, but it took a long time. Yeah. I'd say kind of at least 10 months. It's a long, long slog. Um, and that's what everyone says. Everyone who says raise money, look, be prepared. It's yeah. going to take twice as long 
you know, and it's and have your shit together because you have to. Oh. They, they look at everything, won't they? Oh, we went through a number of rounds of due diligence. Yeah, I'd say three or four. Um, and just because of the size of the round, obviously, yeah. it was a multi-million euro round. And not just finance, it's also IP, it's also oh, everything. legal, everything. everything. Yeah, contracts, everything, you know, every, back all the way to the start of it. Now, we were very fortunate. We were a young business. We only yeah. started training in 2018. So, but literally they look at, because they're coming in and this is yeah. their money and they're, I would do the exact same. <laughs> look look at Musk with Twitter. Like you think, oh, Twitter yeah. had their, their game together and he's going, yeah, I'm not touching this. Exactly. So, you know, it's I, I totally understand mm -hmm. why. And they have to do that because, you know, they have a duty yeah. to their, you know, shareholders and the people and investors who gave them money to make sure that mm -hmm. everything we say and claiming is true. So, um, you know, but it was, you know, they wanted to get the best deal for mm -hmm. their shareholders and investors. We obviously wanted the best deal yeah. for us and our shareholders. So, you know, of course, there are going to be arguments, disagreements, everything, but uh Look, it's worth it in the end. Yeah, I think going into a partnership with it, you know, without an argument is probably a wrong way to do it because if 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 you fall over easily, they're going grand. We'll just steamroll here. Yeah, and, and vice versa. You want to have that kind of course kind of conversation and. But it's it's honesty as well. Yeah, you're not being honest if you're not coming back. And the the biggest thing as well, kind of, I found you know doing this and becoming part of their group, you got a voice when you're not happy, and if you're there, not be. It will just lead to a bigger argument yeah. down the line. So you've got to come in and just say when you're not happy or yeah. when something's a red line and you go, no, don't play any games, you know, because there's gonna be enough arguments anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you just gotta be honest. And, and you're you're quite young as well. So they probably were like, okay, great, there's a deal on the table here. You know, this guy doesn't know anything. Well, the good news was, you know, I, I won't lie, my brother Finley, you know, who was the CFO, yeah. he had worked in KPMG in MA. So a lot of the negotiations, yeah. if not all, <laughs> my, my brother was going, okay, Grace, you don't need to be on this call. <laughs> Go focus on the business. Go focus on the contract we have. I can handle this. But that's his job as CFO. Because yeah. a lot of this stuff, you know, was going through projection and yeah. financials and everything. Like, that's his job as CFO to kind of handle that. And so uh, he had a... A lot more gray hairs at the end of the negotiations than at the beginning. So but, now you have your investment, you, you, you're going part of a bigger. What what's two point What 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 is? Yeah. When we see you in twenty four, what what, yeah. what what where's the business gone to? Or what's yeah. that? Well, like I I've said and I've said this for years now. I think I did the horse tech conference. Uh, I did a talk. I think it was twenty twenty because I remember being via Zoom. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be in person, but obviously with COVID. And I said where I see the massive leap forward in our industry. Like we have a lot of really good systems doing individual things. So really tight. So like us, we're compliance, around yeah. welfare and anti-doping. And there are all these systems that are doing really good, good things in their own individual, but they don't speak to each other. Yeah. And so all the data is siloed and, you know, and you're getting massive repetition for, you know, a vet who has to put in a treatment into his invoicing to then give it to, you know, us yeah. to then go in. I just see where this industry goes forward, and especially with IoT, with some of the devices, you know, tracking health mm. and heartbeat and stride and everything. You can't link these together. Companies have to start working together mm. for the good of the actual end client. And that's where you see a massive leap forward, just like what you saw in the fintech space yeah. and banking. Once you saw these platforms, you know, when you go on to AIB, you think it's all AIB, but it's like 10 different yeah. fintech technologies to make that platform what it is. Um, and that's where I see really like an eco, general ecosystem, exactly of a tech infrastructure for the whole industry. Because yeah. right now you have one little thing kind of doing something very well, 
paper stuff in the middle, another thing, paper stuff and processes. Because and you're just kind of going link these, and you don't need that because that's where you get transcription errors, you get yeah. lost data, you get you know things being uh, communicated incorrectly, people making mistakes, and then it being all over the news saying, "Oh, this guy's a cheat," or "This yeah. this wasn't done," and it's just a simple admin error. Yeah. So that's because, because it would be seen in the industry as pretty not archaic but slow to adapt to. Trainers are pretty older. There's the newer trainers coming through. They will look at new techniques. So it is very much yeah. seen as traditional. It's it's agriculture. So, yeah. you know, um, I, at the planning championships, the last one, uh, which is this week, of course, in 2019, they did a study. I can't remember who did it, but he, he showed a study that was done, I think, by McKinsey. And it was showing adoption of technology through the industries. Yeah. Agriculture was oh. dead last with just, you know, black yeah. box, black box, black box, black box, black box. It's just the way it is. We're naturally conservative. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, um, just rural communities. Cost so. at first as well. Like, oh, know, yeah, of course. You know, they, yeah. And, and margin business. Of course. So, you know, it's just something where um, I think that COVID actually really was a help in some mm. ways because it was the first time certain people would use technology because if they wanted to speak to their family, mm. they had to go on Zoom. If they wanted to, you know, travel or... Yeah. You couldn't bring a paper document. You have to do the declaration yeah. online. So, and you have to have an email to do that. Mm. So I think that we definitely saw a lot less resistance after COVID. And yeah. that's why we got our contract. We got, you know, our, our Pegasus World Cup, Preakness, Stakes, Saudi Cup. All these came in in 2021. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was because a lot of people went, no, digital is the way. Yeah. Before that, there was, I was still getting, you know, this has been paper for 250 years. It will be paper in 250 years. Yeah. We're not going to move. And the same people have now come on. Yeah. They're not there. Um, and I think the big thing that I've always said from our industry is we do have some issues. I'm totally aware that we have some problems yeah. we need to face. But a lot of them are just, you know, inefficiencies in that. Yeah. And it can be easily solved with adopting some technology that already exists and is already out there and proven, you know? Um, so because that's how most change happens in industry, like banking oh, yeah. 20 years ago, yeah. pre-crash, yeah. everybody was the same. Now there's, everybody wants to get a piece of the pie in there. It's similar to, you know, farming. Like look at the guys, Kytus, they were, you know, the ag tech for well-being of, of um, animals, that, but, because it is such a fine margin business, especially kind of farming, mm. you know, any long-term savings people can get, mm. I'm guessing they'll adapt sooner or later. And also the age of people who are doing it is getting younger. You know, mm -hmm. there isn't that many young farmers, but you know, they, they are coming back to the market. Oh, they are. And I think, you know, say take farming, mm. you know, we've now been given a target of hitting 25% emissions target mm. by the government. Um, the only way that's going to hit is through adopting ag tech. There yeah. is no other way. And the thing is, it isn't a, oh, what can, there are proven solutions that have been in the market that can help reduce emissions. Mm. The one I always kind of go to is slurry aeration. Uh, yeah. You know, up to, up to I've seen 40%, you know, if you can bring in the, the, the systems there to help with aerating slurry. Um, Right there, you hit your target. But the whole thing is, you need the support. You see the billions that are going in to help reduce emissions for transport. Yeah. You know whether you know that's kind of uh, you know private investment, public investments, 
um, uh, tax exemptions, reduction yep. on VAT, or in certain countries, no VAT on electric cars. But you don't see that investment on the agricultural side. And they probably have as aggressive, if not more aggressive targets. Exactly. And also, so we all need to eat. You know, every single person in Ireland and the world needs a farmer three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that, you know very quickly that you want to have a strong farming community and farming industry. So it just, it's interesting to me that things like, uh, you know, aerating slurry, you still have VAT on it. If you, if you took the VAT off, just take the VAT off putting in those systems. Yeah. You save it straight away? Straight away, because there are systems, you know, um, from the EU, but like I was talking, I was at the AgTech uh, Innovation Dinner yesterday and ahead of the... I and and you in Europe last week as well. Like, exactly. Like, like, I said... Don't know if I'll get invited back, but I did say it. <laughs> I did say it to the, the the European politicians because it just it's a it's an easy thing where you have all these schemes for agriculture, and this is one where it's very very topical. And you know, the farming community is getting pressure from mm. you know uh, the society at large. Sometimes in cases where they're saying things like, "Oh, farmers are a big problem," I'm going, "Where do you think your food comes from?" Yeah, you know, do you think it magically appears on your plate? Even if we're talking about avocado, that's from a farmer, yeah. and we're not supporting them. We're not giving them those schemes where even if you wanted to reduce your emissions, you're not being given the same support as someone who's getting an electric car. Well, I'm from Dublin, born and bred. The food not just magically yeah. no. no, unfortunately <laughs> not. It does. It does need to be even even vegetables do come. Vegetables come. From farmers as well, because I've had a lot of people go, oh, well, you can go vegan. Sorry to say, uh, all your vegan stuff comes from farmers as well. Sorry to break. Not a truck. No, exactly. So, of course, um, it's just I, I, I don't understand why something as easy as that, you know, um, you know, I, I was in, I believe it was Norway uh, pre-COVID. There was a conference there for um, European horse racing and the amount of electric cars, like every single yeah. car, I'd say 70 percent of the cars you saw were electric. And they have electric on the license plate. And you go, well, geez, why are there so many more electric cars? And it's like, well, Norway has one of the largest VAT uh, on cars, you know, I, I think globally. What cars don't have VAT? Yeah, the electric, electric cars. Yeah, so everyone adopts them. So I, I just, it's something where it's a simple solution, not having VAT on, on proven solutions yeah. that will help reduce emissions for farmers. I don't know. Yeah. You're going to be a politician. So. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Shift the business. No. When, when that finishes up, you're, you, you uh, can see, I can see it. I just, I like, I like, I like finding solutions. Now that I've done that, yeah. I've done it from, you know, and it was something, you know, that everyone always says to me, oh, such a simple idea. Why has no one thought of it? Just did tell yeah. you. But it just doesn't get done. And it's just things like that where I'm going, I don't understand why. You've seen it in other, as I said, the one I always go back to is transport. So much money is invested, time, effort, and it's transport versus our actual food system, which every single person mm. on planet Earth needs. And we're not giving it the same time and investment. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. Mm. But I am from Kildare, so I am biased. <laughs> biased <this year. laughs> um, okay, um, I'll just check this out. I know you have to go. So, um, last question. Three biggest learnings in the six years, six years, six years yeah. that it took you to get from A to Z. Yeah. 
what would be your your three biggest things that you'd look back and go, I wish either I could have done that sooner, better, mm. or just general learnings that you'll always take with you? Well, the general first general learning in the beginning is everything will take twice as long and cost twice as much if you're starting a tech business. Yeah. Just be prepared for it. Everything will be delayed. Everything will cost more. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And I've spoken that with multiple people across various, and it doesn't matter what yeah. type of tech you're doing, always the same. So just be prepared. Um, same with raising funding, by the way. It will take tw twice as long and twice as much energy. Uh, I think as well, and I wish I'd done it, and it was really, uh, it was once again at the pre-accelerator with NVRC. I, I won't name her just in case, but <laughs> just be open to learning. Yeah. I came out of college, as I said, and I thought I knew it all because I don't, and they kind of tell you, oh, now you have your, ma you have your master's in business. You know everything about business. Not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Academic business versus the real world bit is totally different. Um, and I had someone who, you know, was lovely, really, and I needed it, told me, Pierce, you have two ears, use them. Yeah. Stop talking. Stop trying to say you know everything. And I think as a young entrepreneur, a lot of people do that. They think saying, I don't know, or I need help is a weakness and will show people, oh, that's weak, mm -hmm. you know, that he doesn't know. They're not expecting you to know everything. So don't worry about it. It's actually a strength to show what you know and even more about what you don't know. Actually, it's one of the first things I learned in my early days in recruitment was shut the fuck up. <laughs> you don't need to have an opinion about everything. Exactly. And, it, and, it's, and it's something, it's a strength. Like yeah. we had investors and mentors when I go and I go, look, you know, I don't know uh, about the uh, financial systems in, uh, you know, the Middle East. Yeah. Could you have someone help? Do I need to set up a, a subsidiary in Saudi because we're going to do a contract yeah. in Saudi? They're not expecting you to know yeah. that. And, and it's a strength to be able to go to those people and they go, yeah. okay, it's nice that he actually recognizes that we need some help on this. So I think the biggest, as I said, you know, is, is just be open to that learning, uh, especially if you're an entrepreneur coming out of college and you have, go and try and speak to as many people as possible across industries who yeah. have started businesses and, and get their feedback. And third? Oh, uh, enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Like, I know how stressful it is and it's, I made this problem as well where because and I don't blame entrepreneurs for doing this or start businesses, you've got to be showing everything's positive mm. on social media because you want companies to go, oh yeah, we can we can do a contract with them. They'll still be around in six months' time. Yeah. You know, so everything is that while everything's burning in the background, everything's great. Mm. You know? And so you can get caught up looking and going, why is no one else having the struggle that we're having? Why is no one else really mm. having the pain of getting on the phone call and 19 times out of 20 being told to go away. Um, but in those good moments, that first paying customer, the first kind of contract outside of our, mm. those kind of, for us, getting to go to things like, you know, um, the, the Saudi Cup, Breeders' Cup, yeah. the Championships, greatness. The really, the really low level events. Oh, yeah. Those, uh, or Dublin Horse Show, or, you know, um, getting, getting to go, uh, you know, to, to the Arkham France in a couple of weeks, all these things. Uh, You're making but me they're very jealous here. Yeah, as a, a horsey yeah, I, I love horses, but this is, and I didn't appreciate it enough. The good time, and you'll have good times. Enjoy them because it's tough. It is really tough because you don't see everyone who isn't yeah. in the startup team doesn't see the stress in the background that you're going through. They just see positive. I was listening to a podcast 
with Shane Lowry actually the No Lane Up podcast, and he actually said precisely the same thing there. Mm. Enjoy your wins because they're so few and far between. Exactly. You know, as a professional sports player, you, you see that, but in the business as well, you just don't you don't have the hockey stick like everybody thinks. Like the, oh, the no. rats have. like you do have your Z or your W's. And, System will go down. Yeah. Client will be annoyed with something. Something will happen. You win a contract. You lose another contract. Exactly. You think the life is over. Yeah. I got us with champagne and razor blades. Like it's, oh, uh, yeah, it's so true. I called it the 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 roller coaster. Yeah, it is the roller coaster. When in terms of the high, the very high, but the lows are low. Yeah, because it's yours and it's your reputation, your business. Yeah. So on the highs, enjoy it because it will pass. Mm-hmm. And on the lows, stick at it because that will pass too. So just yeah. Be, but, but you can send um, yeah, sorry, I cut across you, but you can see why you've been successful. You're very passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. Um you love what you do and you're lucky enough to be able to make it a job. Yeah. So you know that is a similar to myself. I love my career and what I've done, and it's it's my job and it pays my bills, it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, but not everybody can be as fortunate as that. So it's mm. you know the passion you show, and, and you can see why you've been successful. Because I, I I'd say once you put your head down and get going, it's 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 not it, it it's hard work, but it's enjoyable. Exactly, and it means when you're doing the the two a.m. yeah in the morning calls with your tent team going, why isn't this working? We're we you know we got a contract to finish in two weeks, and you know going down to Saudi, and you know we yeah. need to make sure this works. You know, and why did it work? Especially, uh, we had a contract where the whole team got COVID and we had a deadline. And yeah. It was like a strict deadline, and we're all absolutely dying on this call. We yeah. couldn't speak. Like one of a couple of our developers were typing in chat because they couldn't even talk. Yeah. And you're just going, oh my God. Like, is this worth it? <laughs> and then you get to actually go to the event and it's, yeah, it is worth it. But it just, it's be prepared for those downtimes because they're, way because it because you're by yourself and it's on you that's the biggest thing if you've started your own business very different from someone who's leading a project in a company mm-hmm. if it doesn't work it can go up the chain or it yeah if it doesn't work when it's your business it's you yeah but when it does work it's, it's but it's also you as well yeah so exactly. exactly that's what i like but it's but, um no first reason not to speak at you i'll let you get down to the blowing championship before <laughs> before i get given out to yeah uh, massive congratulations on the business mm-hmm. uh i can see it in two or three years being double or triple the size of this now so hopefully that's the plan <laughs> yeah, no thanks Mel and uh, talk again soon perfect thank you very thanks, much Mel.